Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. All right, so for our topic tonight, um, I feel like you haven't let us off with a pun, like a like a um, pre-topic pun in a while, or like fucked with me a bit yet. Um, but anyway, uh, while you're eating and muted, um, I will uh, dominate a little bit. Tonight's topic is image. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about self-image and so like everything that that entails um i think that i think you really need to have a good camera and make sure your settings are right and then you can make sure that your self-image is really really the best it can be yeah um of course uh there you go end of conversation yeah no i i think that um there's a few things so the first thing that comes to mind when i think of of that image is I think everyone has an idea of, of what they project to the world. And I think that very few people are probably correct about what that is. Um, I think self-awareness in the, not, I mean, there's obviously self-awareness in trying not to be hurtful to others and, and, you know, and that kind of self-awareness being like, I'm not going to say shitty stuff or not, you know, there's that kind of self-awareness, but there's also the like, you know, you have we used any? Have we made any statements that have been usable? Um, um, I think you should use a really good lens. Oh, do you hear the train yeah. through my microphone? Oh, the train on uh, on Davis. You can hear it from my house, like honking the fucking horn. Um, you can hear Apex train from outside my house, but not usually in your house. It's probably the same train, right? Gotta be. Probably. Yeah. Sarah said to me last night when we were we were driving near your neighborhood, we were coming fifty five up Holt and uh and Sarah was like, Does it is it weird to you that we live this close to Matthew and you basically never see him in person? And I was like, No, it's because of the pandemic and you know, we haven't really gone back to fully doing stuff, but and we don't have a house worth that we can entertain in and so, you know. No, it's not that weird, but that's just my self-image. I don't know. Maybe you think it is weird, but I think you're weird. Yeah. Well, I am. So there you go. So well, image is correct. Image is correct. Yeah. So I had a manager once at my old company who, at one point, was in HR, and she taught uh, workshops on image. You know, and she she would have you like her write your what do you kind of like an epitaph like when you're gone when you leave the company what do you want how do you want people to have described you yeah and she says you should have that and you should pin it up in your cube or on your your desk or whatever and look at it all the time and everything you do every interaction you're about to have say will it foster that will people say that about me you know what do i need to do to have people say that about me and And you answered i was a crusty old he was a crusty old nazi he fucked everyone Man, woman. If the if when I walk in the room, the fish stops swimming in the fish tank. Anything that moves, target. Yeah. Do yeah. You, so I, I lost that job. Um, 
do you um, think that you have a pretty accurate self? You know, do you think your your the image that you're tr- that you're projecting is it what you th- do? You think that you are pretty? You understand what the images that you're project projecting? Yeah, I don't care anymore. I got to the point where I don't give a crap anymore. I don't try to project an image. I don't try to manage up. I don't try like oh, you think I'm doing a bad job? I don't care. I'm doing the job I want to do. I don't care. I just I'm I'm beyond yeah. caring. I'm like. I'd say I'm on step one of that, like, still. Like, I'm getting there. You know, I'm almost 40, and, uh, oh, my God. Yesterday, I had to log into an HR portal for work, and it says your exact age. And it was, like, 39, three months, and five days. And I'm like, all right, that is too specific. That's a pinch. I don't, I don't want to know that. <laughs> um, but, no, I have – I'd say that, like, I don't – a lot of my care is gone, um, but – I am curious sometimes how people see me because I think that I, in some way, there's certain circumstances in which I think I have a very good idea of what my image is. So like, I think Sarah, I think I know what Sarah sees when she sees me. Um, Not, I don't understand why she gets like, why she thinks I'm sexy, but like when she like sees me as a person, not just as a slab of meat, uh, like what I think I, I think I, understand who the person is that she connects with i i'm less certain when i talk to family like i don't know that i don't know that they see me the way that i am a lot like i think it's fair to say that very few people see you the way you see you or the way you you think you are Yep. Maybe they see the way you want to be seen if you're good at putting yeah. on the right act for them. True. But I, I mean, I think there is a certain amount of we, most people, I don't want to generalize, but people tend to uh, act in different ways with different people. Like you're different around Sarah than you are with your mom. You know, it's just, yeah. you have a different relationship. You're different. You talk about different things. You prioritize yeah. different things. You know, like, you know, when you're with your mom, you're not talking about issues with Logan, you know, of, you know, you're worrying about this. You're getting to school on time. Like it's not, yeah. you know, you don't talk about parenting things as much. You know, just even things like that. Like not even deep things. Just the kind of conversations you have with your coworkers are different than you have with your friends. They may overlap, right? There may be things like, oh, I had this yeah. conversation at work, but half the time at work you're talking about work. You know, so Less so you're going to get a different view of people. You know, anyway. Yeah. And then sometimes the, the key is the awareness of it. Like, do you cultivate an image? And do you want to cultivate an image? I mean, sometimes you just don't. You know, yeah. I think there's a different level of where you are in your life and what you value and that determines how much you care about the image you have and how much you cultivate an image. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that there is an image that I used to try to cultivate and I can find myself falling back into that on occasion i with the stories that i would tell about my time in my late teens early 20s you get into these stories when you you know and and i think that i really built up this image that i would try to project i don't know that i ever had anybody convinced that i'm i was a i was like a bit of a rebel who did my own thing and didn't give a fuck and um and I think that there is no part of me that has ever been that. And I think that I convinced myself at one point that I was that. 
And in doing so, I then started trying to project it, even though it was never the case. And I kind of am curious because sometimes I'll, you know, I'll tell a story of something that I did because there was times when I would like be spiteful and do shitty things uh, to people who maybe deserved it. Like I had a, I had a manager, <laughs> I had a manager at Verizon who was a bad person. Um, but she wasn't my manager. She was the store manager and I didn't technically work for the store. I worked at the store. So she wasn't technically my manager. So I had a little bit of leeway and I, I just thought she sucked. She, I didn't like her. She was um, a pain in my ass, but she was also like genuinely, I think a bad person. Like she didn't let a pregnant woman take a fucking break. And I got pissed and I would like just mouth off basically. And I think that I started telling people the story trying to make myself sound like a badass. And I think it was more like a, I don't give a shit because I hate this job. I don't what like are you this do? person. Fire me from a job I don't like? I don't like this person. I'm basically on my way out anyway because, I, you know, like there was all the, the factors that, you know, have you ever heard the speech about Superman's not brave because nothing can hurt him? I think it's from Angus or something. I don't think it's I've similar. heard the speech, but I've thought yeah. that many times. Right? Yeah. It's It was similar. Like none of these things really affected me. you're not afraid... Me. You know, then you're not brave. You're not overcoming right. fear. Right. And you're not exactly. doing anything brave. Exactly. So I would, so I said one day she was like, she, she would, this woman comes in and she was telling us about whatever new fucking thing we had to start telling the customers. And I said, and I said, is there any like line that you wouldn't cross if they asked you to cross it? And she's like, yeah, no, I wouldn't do, like, I'm not just a company person. I wouldn't just do whatever they tell me to. I'm like, I don't believe you. And she, <laughs> she was like, well, what do you mean? What do you think that I would do? And I said, I think if they brought in hats with dildos on them. I said dildo. I said, I think if you brought in hats with dildos and told you to make us wear them, you would then tell us, well, it points the customer in the right direction of what, you know, like, you would come up with some excuse. And she was horrified and i was getting i was really entertained by this because i did not give a fuck but about the job like i it wasn't because i was like you know i wasn't like robin hood or something like where i was avenging people even though that's what i convinced myself of and i when i would tell that story i would convince other i would try to convince other people of that but like ultimately it was like i had a bad attitude in the right direction, but I had a bad attitude. I hated the job. I was not in the most mentally healthy place. It wasn't a matter of me being some principled, I wasn't taking some principled stand, but I would make you think that, or I would try to make you think that when I was telling that story for a long time. And I find myself every once in a while coming back to stories like that and, being, and telling it and then being like, am I trying to make myself sound like a badass? Because I have never been a badass, you know? I've been bad <laughs> and I've been an ass, but I've never been a badass. You know? Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever, I know that you're at the age now, like you said, with, yeah. where you're not, where you're yeah. not trying, but have you ever yeah. been at an age where you were trying to project something and you maybe convinced yourself at the time and now you think it isn't correct? Well, I mean, I think we all have many facets yeah. and there are times I have, there certainly, there certainly times I heighten one facet over another in one situation or another, and if people think that's always me, then they're wrong. But right. it's not not me. It's just an aspect of me that I use sometimes. So, I mean, an example is just, you know, when 
I'm when I taught improv, you know, when I was teaching, I would take things very seriously and be very respectful, you know, because I was trying to be a teacher attitude, even though we're teaching comedy, I wasn't cutting up and I wasn't cracking jokes. But then as soon as we went into rehearsal mode, and even though I'm the director of my group, I didn't need to, you know, I was respected by, by my skill and my ability, not because I played the role. And then I would let those, you know, I would drop and we'd let people eventually, you know, like after taking two or three rounds of our workshops and I think they might be able to join the group, I'd say, if you want to stay and watch rehearsal, you can. And they'd be like, see a completely different me than because I was in a different mode, which is not yeah. the same mode I am when, when I'm in the house too. Cause even it was heightened with more jokes and more humor than my normal every day. And ne- neither of them were fake, but neither of them yeah. were the complete picture. Yeah. That's, that's a fair point. I, I wonder. So I, a- I have the very heightened, different modes too um you know i I can be very um quiet and reserved uh and like i can go a long time without talking in you know logan a a couple months ago logan told me to shut the fuck up while we were playing Fortnite, and i didn't speak for hours and sarah was like what is it because you cried during the Fortnite song no um but it was he just, he was being silly. He wasn't even being like a jerk. He was just being silly and said, shut the fuck up. And I was like, I wonder how long it will take him to realize that I am not talking. And it was hours. And Sarah, <laughs> and it wasn't him that realized. It was, Sarah asked me something and I went, you know, and I just was like. What do you want for to, dinner? And, and she was like, why are you, you not You love talk-? me? She was like, why are you not talking? And I said, oh, he told me to shut the fuck up. And so I said neither of you noticed that I didn't talk because I don't, because I can go a good portion of time. However, I'm manic depressive. So I can get very up and hyper too. And I can be like off the wall and that's me too. And with Logan, I worry about projecting an image to him because I have to be careful. Sometimes, you know, like obviously we've talked about him before. I let him swear. I don't care about a lot of the social or the, the norms that we as a society have decided. I don't care about a lot of that. But there's other ways in which I do. Um, but, like, at the same time, like, there's certain things that I, like, am really careful about. And I what I don't want, I kind of I go back, I don't know if you remember, Stephen Colbert, when he left the Colbert Report, he, a big reason why he gave for wanting to leave was that he was worried his kids were going to see him on TV every night and be like, oh, my dad's a really good liar, and he's really good at doing this. And like, how do I not know? How do I know he's not lying when he says he loves me? And so I kind of came in. I, I think that that's an extreme version when you're acting like that. But I also think Logan's young, and I don't necessarily want to project too too far from what I really am. Especially when if I if I sit down and think about it do I think that what I'm projecting is a good thing either? Like, obviously if I'm projecting a kindness beyond my actual kindness, then that's not necessarily a problem. Um, but if I'm projecting that I'm a badass when I'm not really a badass, or I'm projecting that I'm fearless, unless there's a good reason for it to, you know, to teach him a lesson, like, Hey, it's, we're going to get out there and play in the street. Come on. Don't be afraid of cars. No, we're going to go on a roller coaster and, you know, like, or whatever, you know, right. what, it's not being fearless. It's overcoming fear. It's, it's right. okay to be afraid of that, but we, but we know it's going to be safe 
and we know it's going to be fun, so we have to do it anyway. We don't yeah. have to. We choose to do it anyway. But yeah. Right. And so, so I don't think I've ever given you a parenting advice, but I will now. No, I won't give it to you. I will just say, here's the parenting advice that I've given to people because it was given to me. I asked, I asked someone who I thought was a great parent. I thought that they, she had a, 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 when Jacob was born, I guess she had like an eight-year-old and twin seven-year-olds, and they were all delightful kids. I really liked their kids. And I said to her, what's your secret to parenting? And she said, you got to hit them really hard. No, uh, what she said was her husband and she decided what they wanted their kids to be as adults, what values were important to them. You know, do they want them to be successful businessmen? Do they want them to be honest and sweet? Do they want them to be sweet? Do they want them to be good citizens? Like, what did they want? What did they value? What what yeah. things did they value? And they treated the kids with that way themselves. You know, they modeled that, and they had the held the expectation of that for their kids from day one, knowing obviously baby toddler cannot meet the expectations. But there wasn't a day when suddenly being polite is important at age seven, where it wasn't at age six. You know, there was always a thing they were always reinforcing that, you know, what, if that was a thing, you know, whatever their yeah. things were, they were reinforcing all along. But a big thing was also they were showing it like if they wanted their they wanted their kids to be kind and loving. So they smothered their kids with hugs and kisses. And they were affectionate, you know, with each other in front of their kids because they thought that was an important thing to be because um, uh, the father's parents were like stoic and didn't show emotion like they used to reprimand the kids for being holding hands or hugging too much like brothers and sisters shouldn't hug so much and so they were like they knew that the father had that issue kind of sometimes you know a, a, a reluctance to be affectionate because he had been told not to his whole life yeah and they didn't want their kids that way so they were extra affectionate which and sometimes for the dad was playing a role like he wasn't comfortable while he was doing it. he was overcoming his discomfort for the beginning years um to do it so and yeah. i think that's you know so that's an example with parenting, but it's the same with anyone you're trying to instill a corporate culture with, people you work with, yeah. people in your comedy group, people in, in our shared business. You know, the way we behave to each other is going to dictate how we behave to each other, and that's important. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's good advice. I would say that I have been doing that. Um, Sarah and I had a discussion a long time ago about Logan, and we want him to be kind happy and healthy and those are the three things we want in his life and you know we've mentioned that to people and they're like well what about successful and i'm like if he's kind and he's happy and he's healthy he would be by default successful if he's happy and healthy yeah. he's successful Successful doesn't like... have to mean rich or in a high-powered right. job it, it, it's happy and healthy that's successful yeah and kind because you don't want to do it at the expense of others because then you're right. just an ass yeah, yeah. And so I think we've done that, and we, and I think that even though I, you know, we don't have, we don't have a problem with him swearing. We've always, you know, I've always been really clear about like there is a difference between oh, this is a fucking great pizza, and fuck you, you fucking. I'm eating your pizza. Yeah. So you, I'm like, you have to be just because we say words, we we have to be nice and I and kind, and I'm I've been really strong with him about that yeah my, all three of my kids were crazy wwe watchers so um oh. so we used to wrestle all the time we do a wrestling match all the time the real thing was they just do them on me not each other because they couldn't hurt me when they could hurt each other so yeah. it was always jake, jake but joseph were a tag team against me they weren't allowed to fight with each other 
because I didn't want them accidentally hurting each other. Yeah. So they were till they were old enough to understand violence and control. And they are going to see uh, SmackDown in February in Charlotte. Jacob, here's Jacob's big brother, little crappy brother story. He saw an advertisement that SmackDown was coming to Charlotte, so he bought tickets for him and Joseph, and then called up and said, "Joseph, you need to take off from work this, you know, this weekend, and you know, in February, whatever weekend it is, and take the train down and come visit me. I'm taking you to see SummerSlam." Nice. Sorry, SmackDown. Yeah, I saw something for WWE. I was on Ticketmaster today because Logan really liked the. Hornets, and I was like, "Oh, we should go see if the Hornets are cheap again." But yeah. Um, so while you're looking, do you think it's dishonest to intentionally show only one side of yourself to someone when you know there's more? I think it depends on context. I think if if I, you know, if I was only showing one side of myself to Sarah, if I was like, oh, I'm this nice guy, and... and <laughs> I like that's the fake side of yourself, the nice guy's the fake side. I'm, I'm this na- nice guy, and, and she's like, oh, Mike is the nicest guy in the world. And then I'm like, you know, out there, like, uh, smoking cigarettes and other naughty people Wearing stuff. a leather jacket and naughty like Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, that's a joke for Sarah. Uh, she one time referred to Jeffrey Dahmer as naughty because she didn't. Or she because we were in. You know when you get into that kid language, mm-hmm. and you're you're talking to your kids, and you know, and she was saying something, and then we were talking Jeffrey Dahmer, and she goes, "Oh, he was really naughty," and I, and I was like, "She's called Jeffrey Dahmer naughty." Nice. Sorry if I seem distracted. Sarah just texted me because she took Logan to the movies so we could record. And he lost his first tooth. It's technically his second. He had one pulled because it was impacted. Mm-hmm. But this is his first tooth to come out naturally. Uh-huh. Um, and he's fucking old. So, like, yeah, I'm a little sad because I feel like he's about to look like a different kid. And But hopefully because he's so old, it won't be that, you know, that goofy stage where it's like a tiny little face with adult teeth. And they're like, this yeah. is my smile for the next year and a half. It's like the incredible Mr. Limpet. Isn't that Don Knotts? Yeah, and he had the false teeth oh, oh. in while he was a fish. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I I do oh, know. Really? Oh, surprisingly, it's a weird reference to know if you haven't seen it. I like Don Knotts. I used to watch uh, Three's Company. Mm-hmm. I won't say what I watched that for, but she just died. But all right, this is a long stretch of uh, pan, uh, Patreon. So, um, we're talking about image. Image. I will say this. Okay, um, and I'll leave this for the non-patrons. Um, this podcast is the reason why we have Patreon. Patreon. I know that people probably think think it's because of money. A lot of it is anything that I don't want employers hearing is firewalled. Basically, they, they need to pay to hear, and yeah. they just heard us say that. Yeah, but do you ahead. really want to know? Do you really want to hear it? You know we all say things that you don't want to know your mm-hmm. coworker talks about. Don't listen. You don't want to hear it. I, I'm getting to the point where I think that I... Google I think, pegging, and you'll know you don't want to hear the conversation we just had. We did not talk about pegging. Oh, but we are going to talk about cat buttholes. Cat buttholes, kitty time. Say hello, Belladonna. Belladonna. She was a wild thing in uh, the early 2000s. She wasn't even born. She was a little kitten. 
No, I mean Belladonna, the adult actress. So, um, do you do you have anybody in your life that you think that their self, that what they think they're projecting and what they are actually projecting is wildly different? Anybody that you care to mention, or any you don't have to mention by name or relationship, but like any examples uh, you care to give? <laughs> I you know I was gonna, I had a specific person in mind when you said don't say name. I don't have to say name relationship. And I was like, well, how can I position them? And then I realized, oh, wait, I know a couple of people just like this once I decided to position it uh, non-personally. Yeah. Um, having performed comedy live in a group settings for decades, there are people I knew who, on both ends of the spectrum, like thought they were 10 times funnier and loved by the audience when they weren't. And people who underestimated how much the audience loved them and how funny they were. Yeah. Like completely. Even though you would think there's an instant feedback loop, right? People are clapping for you. People coming over for the show saying how much they loved you or not coming over after the show. But it's amazing how many people did not have a sense of awareness of how an audience was reacting to them. And how many people don't want to know. And then it's always nice to people, you know, who have an aren't as well received as they would probably like to be and they don't want to know but then eventually they ask for a cold hard third person i had a, a former improviser 10 years later reach out to me and they were living in another city and they were invited to join an improv troupe and they said to me was i ever good or did i suck because sometimes i think i was good but sometimes i think i just sucked and i was fooling myself and because it's a group thing I was, me, this director, was allowing one person who sucks to be on stage, which I did because there were 10 people on stage at a time. So if two sucked, it didn't make a difference because everyone else carried the slack. And it's a way to get past your suckage, potentially, you know, to be, be carried for. And I told this person that they were one of the worst improvisers I ever worked with in that type of improv in that setting. I said, there were times you were brilliant and it was times when it was a slower, more narrative-based calmer scene versus was when I was in comedy sports and it was like the McDonald's of improv being that it was loved by everyone very consistent but it was just turn out the same product over and over again and it was wham bam how funny can you be per last per minute versus my later improv groups that were more theater based and were more stretched out I said I said if so if you're looking at a it's almost stand-up comedy improv group you don't don't do that you're, you're not good at that but if they're going to do more acting and actually tell a narrative and do a story you're actually quite good at that. You just didn't have the opportunity to do it very much because that's not what we were doing, but that's right. where you were best. And they um, joined a troupe, and two years later were the assistant director of that troupe, and eventually when the director moved, they became director of the troupe because it was that type of group. And it was one of those things where they couldn't see, they, they had an idea of how they were seen, but they couldn't see it as accurately as I could from the outside and saying, yes, you weren't good, but here's when you were and here's why. Yeah. But part of that's why I'm a director. Because I'm good at seeing that in people. Yeah, you are good at that. I like, I, yeah, I've told you this before. Um, I like, I, Big I don't. Big butts and you cannot lie. Um, wow, you're just referencing the title from last week a lot, huh? Or for the last couple of weeks, you mentioned My Dad Cries at Fortnite. Uh, that's what last week's title was, was Oh My God, Becky, look at the that art. Um, what I was going to say is uh, I, I, 
I think I've mentioned this on the podcast uh, before. I do not like people who do not think I'm funny. Um, I it it drives Men's, me. That's why you hate people so much. Yeah. No, there's only a couple people. Um, I and and sometimes it, I I will say one thing that I'm very self aware of is is not always, but sometimes when I have a bad opinion. I am aware of it. Or when I am on, you know, like, um, for example, I know that there are certain people that I just don't like because they don't find me funny. Sarah was in a wedding uh, the year that we got married, and one of the brides, you know, in a wedding season, sometimes you hang out with the, the bridal party a few times if you're in the bridal party or whatever. We're hanging out with um, some of the other bridesmaids and the bride and groom and it was before the wedding. and She... This, this one bridesmaid does not find me remotely funny. And I, everyone else is like cracking up and everyone else. And I'm not being like, a, I'm not being obscene or offensive or a, a, obnoxious. I'm just being. Yes, you are. No, I promise I wasn't. And she just does not find me funny. And so Sarah and her best friend that was also a bridesmaid hated this woman for other reasons for and for I other like, reasons, like, it wasn't Sarah didn't hate her because she didn't find me funny. She had no. another reason. It was she, the child abuse. So it was more of that. <laughs> they hated her, and and then so like in the years that have happened since, whenever someone new comes in, which I, well, those stories come up, and I'm like, yeah, she sucked. And they're like, well, why did she suck? I'm like, she did not find me funny. But I'm aware that it's a crazy thing to say. I will also say, and I think I've told this story, possibly. I've told the story. So I had a friend um, uh, who was dating a, another friend of mine. So I knew him from high school. I knew her from work. And then he got a job for the summer working where I worked. And he started dating this girl. And so, you know, world's kind of crossing a bit there. Now, that friend from high school liked this girl or was friends with really good friends with this girl that she and I hated each other. And his girlfriend went to his house one day after school, after work, and was like, I came up, came over like later, and she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah was here, and she did not have nice things to say about you. I did not like her, or she said, I did not like her. She did not have nice things to say about you, and she was, uh, she had no good reason to dislike you. And I was like, oh, no, she has a good reason to dislike me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I'm pretty good sometimes about that, being like, no, 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 no. like, I was I, w- I would say she was a piece of shit human being but i was a piece of shit to her um again not like i think i would always tell the story to try to make myself sound cooler than i did um but she was like she was a, a not attractive uh woman um and there was another girl that we went to high school with who was also not particularly attractive and they didn't like each other and one day the girl whom i disliked uh, said to the other girl, "You're the ugliest." Listening? Yeah, we're listening. Uh, no, I meant that to her, not to you. Um, she can't uh, hear you. I guess headphones in. She said to the the um, to the she said to the girl, "You're the ugliest uh, the ugliest person I've ever seen." And I was like, "Apparently, you don't own a fucking mirror." And from that day on, she hated me. And I was like, "That's a pretty That's good a reason." Good line though. That's a good line though. Yeah. Uh, and she, and uh, it was I was I was clever and funny, but I don't know that I was 
badass and it was not a nice thing to say um and so so when she said that like she had no good reason like she has a good reason to dislike me like i i mean what's the reason while she was insulting someone's appearance i insulted her appearance yeah she if she she doesn't like people who insult people's appearances that's a self-hate problem yeah but my point being i'm i think that i can i always feel awkward on the people who don't think i'm funny and it's because like, being funny is a core part of who I am. As I tell my wife, I'm always funny. Like everything that happens around me, no matter what it is, you tell me that your cousin died being hit when she was riding a motorcycle, 10 jokes pop into my head. That's why I don't drink a lot because I want my filter on at all times because I have to filter through three layers at all times. Even for the jokes I release, went through multiple filters before I released them. Yeah. I have an example of what time that you did not do that. <laughs> So a friend of mine, when I was working for you, a friend of mine died and I got the call at work and I went over to your queue. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I think that you're the type of person I was like, I don't have to filter it. Yeah, true, true. I know my audience. That's the thing. That's why I have to be sober. So I know my audience and I could pick the right filters for the right people. I I don't have to filter anything for you. I walked over to you and I said, I said, uh, hey, uh, I just heard that a friend of mine died in a car accident was killed in a car accident this morning i i think i'm gonna go home um and you said all right drive safe and you like 100 percent made like the eye contact and the smile so that i knew it was a joke and i was like all right as <laughs> <laughs> so i use that as an example too because um today in a meeting somebody told me somebody, a video meeting that their cousin died yesterday in a motorcycle accident oh and the first thing that popped in my head was the Anthony Jeselnik joke about that. You know, what? the Jeselnik joke joke about his about how his brother oh. died in a motorcycle accident. You are not and buying a new motorcycle we when there's a perfectly, a perfectly good garage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, like I like I can't make a comment about that. And um, but then I had to be on the whole time, aware that like five minutes into our meeting, he's just totally engaged in the meeting and he's acting totally normally. And I have to remember, do not make. Too much jokes. Lightheartedness is okay in our meeting, but I can't make a ha-ha, you should laugh at me joke that. And then he just finished saying, like, like he skipped the um, his company's holiday Christmas party this morning because it didn't feel right to try to do ha-ha. Levity. Yeah. Like he worked from home rather than going to the office where the party was. And I'm like, makes sense. I do. But I, was, I said to him, I said, I see, and here's here what I didn't say. I said, you know, that's one, what I did say was, that's terrible. I mean, it's one thing about motorcycles that terrifies me is that you could do nothing wrong and someone else hits you and you have no protection. You yeah. Know? And, you know, and uh, like I think about times when somebody got, you know, a truck backed into my brother's girlfriend's Honda, didn't know, like he was trying to trigger the red light sensor and backed up not knowing her little Honda was behind him and just crunched her Honda. Had she been on a motorcycle, it would have crunched her. Yeah. Right? I didn't you know, say that, but you know, it's a, but that's, I just said the, he has no, no protection. He goes, yeah. And he goes, I'm like, we all ride motorcycles. I ride one. Well, I'm like, it's through our whole family. And all I could think of was a friend of mine who was uh, a friend of my dad's who was an insurance salesman who said, I never sell motorcycle insurance to a woman because every woman I ever sold motorcycle insurance to got into an accident right afterwards. And I don't want to be the, I don't want it to be my fault. So I can't say that to him. Not, nope. not, not this week, maybe next week. Yeah. I'm an atheist. Please. I mean, if the jokes were funny, they're funny. Yeah. Oh, no, um, it, I, I would guess that they weren't funny. I would guess that it was just like the 
emotional release. Yeah. So anyway, image. Um, any last thoughts? No. No. Nothing. Nothing. I'm done. I'm done, I'm done imaging. Okay. Um, though, though, a little image advice. Here's what I used to tell. Here's the way that um, I used to tell people they should treat people at work. They should treat people as if they are one level of status different than them, or or exactly the same. Like if you're talking to a management person, it's someone higher up than you. It's good to just treat them like they're one level higher. Not that they're a god. Not that they're way over you. Like we're almost equals, but I have a little bit of respect for you. A little, a little bit of difference, not respect, because you can respect people anywhere. But I mean, you always have respect, but just deference. Yeah. Where if you're talking to somebody who works for you, it's nice to have one little level of expected little deference from me. But I'm not going to treat you like you're an underling. Or like when we were working together, you know, we made movies together. You know, we were totally working on a friend level, but with a little bit of I was your boss at the time. After that first day, that first day was a doozy. What was a doozy about the first day? You came over and you were like, if you don't suck, I'll I'll give you a good recommendation at the end of this. <laughs> That's not good? That doesn't set a tone? It set a tone. Uh, and I remember going home and being like, Sarah, this guy, this, guy, this guy told me if I don't suck. And she was like, eh, it's a temp job. Like, when, when you're done, you'll, you'll never, never to, see him you'll again. You'll never see this guy again. <laughs> you're not, definitely not going to be business partners with him and doing a podcast. Five that, years later. When I was directing, that's what, that's my advice for everyone's first show was, so listen, don't worry about doing your best. Just don't suck and be funny kind of, you know, kind of be funny sometimes and don't suck. That's all you need. Just don't suck. Get out there. But I think yeah. when you try to do your best, you freeze up and you do your worst. Or if you make one mistake, you're in your head that, oh my God, I'm not doing my best. If you just try to suck, you can make mistakes and you still don't suck. I think yeah. that's, that's your best, the best place to be performing at is uh, just try not to suck. Maybe you'll do better. That's a good. That's good advice on every level. Yeah, which is why uh, I told you that on day yeah. one of working, just don't suck. Yeah, and as far as uh, image, I think that's a good advice. Uh, like, good place to end it. No, I was Everybody, gonna say we recommend you just no. don't suck. And if you suck, don't let anyone know you suck. And well, don't. What I was gonna say is, as we get, I think I'm getting to that age where I'm old enough now that I'm starting to care less. But ultimately. There is a there's a level of self image that we all want to you know project or portray to some extent, and we you know ultimately I think it's best if you can just say hey like I don't want you to think I'm a piece of shit, especially in how I treat you, and if you can affect I can just cut that door, I can cut the two audio tracks so I can I, I cut I didn't out expect a, lot of, a loud boomy sound. It's all my what? glasses that I use to do my joke. Oh my camera is it's. I'm using the wrong camera. Yeah. So when it rebooted. Back to back to the point. I just think that uh, you know, the image I, I think that I care a lot less about people's image than I do about how I think they are as a person. Like, you know, if you're nice to me, I don't give a crap if you're cool or you're you know, dweeby or whatever. Um, if you as long as you think I'm funny and you're nice to me, um, then I like you for the most part. And I think that that's what we need to learn is like, you know, how people perceive us is way less important than how they feel about their experience with us. I think, does that make sense? 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's that time again where I'm going to ask you if you are watching us on YouTube, please go below wherever it is and click the like, the subscribe, uh, ring that bell so that you get the notifications. If you want to comment in the in the comment section, that helps us. Tell us, Good hey, for like, a self image, self image, uh, dude, you you uh, have a shitty haircut and need uh, to start dyeing your graying beard. Um, I don't know if you're talking to me or talking to yourself. Yeah, who knows? I think both of our haircuts look okay today. Our beards, me. My be- my hair looks weird today. Um, it wasn't. It's the. It, I don't do well in winter with because it gets all staticky and shit. And it takes yeah, shirt off balloons and then, on your head. Yeah. So, if you listen anyway. to us in an audio medium, go ahead and do whatever your uh, podcast slinger of choice lets you do. Whether it's rate us with a five star review, whether it's like us, whether it's share us with your friends, and what you know what, go ahead, go on iTunes. Even if you don't use iTunes, just log in, create an account if you have to, and then go on this podcast and give it a five star review and make a comment about how much you. Um, think the image we project is amazing. Yeah. Or, and, or if you want to support the show and you want to in do... In a money way. A money yeah, way. Yeah, if you want to give us some money. Um, or you just want to like see all that dirty shit that we talk about. And, and there was uh, a lot today. There was a good portion of this episode that's getting cut. Different length episodes. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to, to support us or either, or or hear some, some extra bits. special extra special shit... Uh, you can do it one of three ways. Uh, you can go on Apple and hit subscribe, which is different than like following or whatever. That subscribe is a three dollar uh, option that gives you a it gives you our our show four days early on Monday instead of Friday. It gives you an uncensored version of the show, and uh, and that's basically the two benefits of that. Or you can go on Patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. Where Matthew can give you the finger uh, for supporting us because that's a nice thing to do. I was just counting. Yeah, I was just counting on my fingers. I got two of them. Uh, two of them. I don't know why I'm doing British accents. So uh, I did that because you did a British accent, and that's the British version. Go to Patreon.com. We are international and multilingual. Yeah, you can go to if you would like American to, and British. He's gonna do this the whole time. If you want to, so if you want to support us monetarily, you can also go to patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. There are two options on there, a $3 and a $10. $10 does have some added benefits. Um, over the $3, it's a lot, you know, there's some weird little stories that didn't really like flow well. So we cut them, but they're sometimes they're really fun or interesting. But mostly um, it's because you have enough money to give us a little extra because you like us. That is the real reason, because it, it um, and you will still get the show on Monday instead of Friday if you want it. Uh, so those but are the ways. Throw us a to couple so- dollars on Patreon or on iTunes and hear the dirty bits. Yeah, it's three dollars a month. Like if you subscribe, you probably won't even remember that you subscribed, and like, like getting a latte. Gonna... Yeah. Yep. So anyway, Matthew, you got anything? My internet's like cutting it out. So you stopped. My internet oh. started cutting a little bit, and then you didn't move. And I'm like, I don't know if it's frozen or if it actually cut. Um, hey, thanks for joining us to talk about the big stuff. It's going to make you look better in front of your friends.
The preceding podcast has been a Chocolate Diamond Media LLC production. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.